Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Starship Sofa. Everybody, welcome. Hello and welcome to Starship Sofa's Oral Delights on a Wednesday night. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. Tonight we have a story by Spider Robinson and... Actually, Spider says this story has nothing to do with science fiction. The only thing it has got to do with being written by a science fiction writer. And I guess this is one of the examples where, you know, blurs the edges and it's not really science fiction whatsoever. Be warned, you might want to have a listen to this story first before you let younger people have a listen to it. There is the odd swear word in there. Spider was telling us that this story actually is... I'm quite proud this story has never been it's only been printed once and it's never been podcasted never been narrated and guess what it is narrated by spider himself and i think spider's got this great voice for narrating stories you know when i listened to variable star his Heinlein book that was just you know what i mean that's where i kind of first discovered spider robinson's narration and it was just like cracking do you know what i mean it's, he's got this kind of i mean he knows he's got this kind of nasal voice which is Unique, sir, it certainly is. But it's just like, it just lends itself to kind of story narration. So hopefully you'll enjoy this and you'll let us know what you think. Do pop over to the forums and voice your opinions on this story. Just to keep you updated on work that Spider is doing, he says he's got a, a hardback book coming out from Bain in June called Very Hard Choices. So I will put a link on to Spider's site. Do pop over and check out his work. He does himself narrate short stories. So there you go. 
And just like to say a nice hello and welcome to all my new Facebook friends. I have been busy making friends on Facebook. Yes, it's been amazing to be quite honest because there's so many people out there that you don't realise just kind of that they're in the fold and that they're into science fiction. And it's just like, I'm, I'd never bothered with Facebook. You know what I mean? I had a few friends on there, but I've been like going around saying, oh, you, you, you like this kind of, you know, like, hello, I'm Tony kind of thing. Hello, you know, like one of them strange people that kind of stands at parties and, hello, my name's. But it's just been amazing, like the response and the replies I've been getting back about science fiction. So, hello and welcome to Starship Sofa, everyone. Do subscribe because you will always get stories on a Wednesday and... A little bit like an in-depth discussion thing on a weekend. And actually, this weekend is supposed to be Spider... Spider Robinson. It's supposed to be Stephen Baxter. It isn't going to be. <laughs> so much has happened of late, and, but I'll explain on the weekend show. But So if anyone's tuning in for Stephen Baxter, it ain't going to happen. So without further ado... The Starship Sofa presents Distraction by Spider Robinson Why that dumb angel? Jesus, kid, the smaller man hissed. Why did I tell you about names? Thomas Two Bears stopped walking. Shit, man, Angel did not stop. Why did I tell you? He repeated in a prison yard murmur without turning his head or moving his lips. Say it back to me. His large companion hurried to catch up so he could reply without raising his own voice above a whisper. From the moment you go out on a job, you don't use nobody's name ever, he recited. And why not? A sentence was Thomas's limit of memorization. He took refuge in paraphrase. Well, then you get into the habit like uh, you don't go blabbing somebody's name when something goes wrong and you don't got to cool no citizens. He was puffing just a bit. The sidewalk sloped uphill. Angel winced. The only time you cool a citizen is if he's trying to cool you first and you can't run away and you can't stop him without chilling him. Listen to me, stupid. The Vancouver cops or the RCMP catch you with an armful of VCRs, good lawyer, you might do a year. You ice a citizen, and it's at least a nickel. Especially an Indian kid icing a rich white dude. Thomas brushed aside this digression. I still want to know why that shithole back there. They had reached the big firehouse on the corner. Church across the street, a good place to pause without drawing notice, not in front of anybody's house. Besides, it was quite dark out, a usefully moonless and cloudy night. Angel stopped and lit an export A, his round face looking like a jack-o'-lantern in the glow from his big lighter. How is that place different? Well, it's a little dinky piece of shit. Peel and paint, dirty windows. Friggin' Lawrence got herpes for shit's sake. Right, in West Point Gray. You know about this neighborhood? That's where the money is. What else I gotta know? Angel shook his head. He doesn't know the territory. Kid, you're lucky you ran into me. You ain't got the brains to be a thief. Thomas Two Bears could have twisted Angel's head off with one hand. He thrust both of them deep into his pockets and whispered, I know that, so loudly that he flinched himself. So teach me like you said, okay? Uh, pay attention, then. Three or four years ago, all the houses on this block looked like that, little and short and old, only with better lawns. Big like that one, but kept up. Old retired rich people lived here. Then one morning, for no particular reason, all the real estate guys woke up with a hard-on. They all got together and announced this whole area was worth four times what it was the day before, and the citizens all bought it. <laughs> Next thing you know, a plague of realty rats come through here buying up all the nice old wood frame houses, and they tore them all down and built all these giant ugly Martian boxes out of balsa wood and slapped stucco on them and sold them to airhead yuppies for a couple of mil apiece. 
Thomas looked back down the street. Most of the houses did look like the box a real house had come in. So? So tell me, what kind of a guy you go to him and say, I'll give you three times what your house is worth, and he says, take a hank, I like it where I am. Oh. Thomas lit a player's light king of his own, his last, and tossed away the empty pack. A real rich guy. Yeah, or a real rich broad, or both. Probably old, and so rich they don't give a shit what the new yuppie neighbors think of their scraggy lawn. And you're sure they're not in there now? For a second there, I could have swore I saw something move at one of the windows. Kid, I've been casing this block three nights running. There's no car in front of the place or in the alley behind it. There's newspapers and flyers piled on the porch and mail spilling out of the mailbox. The only sign of life in the whole place is a light inside that goes on at sundown and goes off at dawn. So what do you think? Thomas grinned. I think we're half a block from Fat City. How long do we wait? Well, let's give it until two, another hour or so. A lot of these yappy jerks stay up late doing that uh, on-the-line bullshit with each other on their computers. Thomas grinned again. <laughs> Imagine paying thousands of bucks to shoot the shit with strangers. All I gotta do is go down to Granville Street, for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's not safe enough for a yuppie. <laughs> Hell, I wouldn't talk to a stranger on Granville Street. Yeah, unless you had a real short skirt on, Thomas said, still grinning. <laughs> Angel snorted. Kid, you not only don't know nothing, you don't even suspect nothing. You mess with a street hooker, you might as well marry Lorena Bobbitt and get it over with. Thomas's grin vanished. Oh, Angel, I was just... God damn it, you say my name one more time, I'm going to tattoo it on your forehead with the cigarette. Well, that's so loud. Jesus, I'm sorry, okay? Thomas drew on his smoke to cover his embarrassment. So where are we going to chill for an hour in this neighborhood, Mr. Mastermind? Angel pointed south to the forests of the University Endowment Land, a few blocks distant. One of those hiking trails... A boring hour later, the pair emerged from the woods onto 16th Avenue, walked north again, and turned at the firehouse. How do we go in? Thomas Two Bears asked. Front or back? You see them advertising flyers there on the porch with all the newspapers? You get caught on that porch at 2 a.m., you could always try and make like you just put a flyer there. You get caught in the backyard, end of story. Besides, I can see the front door locks from the street and they're candy. Well, I'll be exposed for a matter of seconds. Just stay cool. Man, I'm cool, Thomas said. Angel looked at him. You're about as cool as Regis Philbin. Who? Forget it. Now, don't look around, all right? Try and act like you're an invited guest, like I told you. They left the sidewalk at the Target house, climbed three cracked cement stairs, strode boldly up the walkway across the scruffy lawn, and climbed eight more stairs to the porch. The curtains behind the big-picture window were translucent, and that light was on somewhere deep inside the house. It was just possible for Thomas to see into the dark living room while Angel worked on the locks. Far out, man. Looks like he's got a real nice sound system. He squinted and frowned. A lot of fucking books, too. He must be a prof from the university. I like ripping off teachers. A lot of them rip me off. Have to get books. You can't fence a book for shit. Who wants them? I was just saying. Click. Okay, kid, we're in. Come on. Once they were inside, Angel almost but not quite closed the door behind them, and then they simply stood there for a moment together. It was always a thrill being inside some citizen's house. The silence of an empty house was pregnant with promise. It was like Christmas morning or finding a woman asleep in the woods. The delicious suspense of presents received but as yet unopened, pleasures present but as yet unsampled. All right, Angel said at last. Let's do it. He spoke at normal conversational volume. For the first time since they'd entered this neighborhood, Thomas flinched slightly and then smiled. Yeah, he said just as loudly. Let's fucking do it. He crossed the carpeted floor to the entertainment area. 
In the corner stood a massive floor-to-ceiling shelf of air packed full with CDs, cassette trays, and an enormous number of phonograph records. "'Guy must be an old fart,' Thomas said, indicating the records. "'Look, you've got one of them antique turntable things.' The turntable sat on a shelf of its own with plenty of clearance over it. "'Yeah, well, he's got some good gear, too,' Angel said." Beside the shelves was a waist-tall table on which sat a huge, expensive-looking, up-to-the-minute personal entertainment center incorporating a six-disc CD player, a tuner, a double cassette deck with both kinds of Dolby and built-in speakers that looked like jet engine nacelles. A second pair of standalone speakers shaped like huge, elongated pyramids stood against the opposite wall, flanking an enormous bookcase aimed at the living room couch that sat beside the sound system. That's at least a couple of grand with the sound system right there. I can't wait to see the TV and VCR in his bedroom. This is great. Take that overgrown ghetto blaster and put it over by the front door. We'll make a pile and come back for it with wheels. Thomas nodded. You got it, man. Jeez, this is great. Let me see if he's got any music worth copping. I like some of that old shit. Thomas stepped up to the music monolith. It sat on short little legs, leaving a convenient space to get his hands under it on either side. He did so. To his surprise, it felt wet under there. Slimy wet. Huh. He tried to take his hands back out and see. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But he'd gotten on his fingers and failed. Huh. He tried again with no better result. Hey, Ainge. I mean, hey, man. When is it now? Angel, with tilted neck, was studying the CDs by the light of his bick. Uh, I'm, like, stuck. What are you talking about? Well, I'm, you know, like, like stuck. Hey, you can leave any time you want. You're losing your nerve or what? Uh, no, man, I mean, I can't let go of this fucking thing. I'm stuck to it. What do you mean you're stuck to it? Thomas shook the heavy thing vigorously, picked it up, and set it down twice. I can't let go of it. My hands are, like, stuck to it. What? The big lighter went out. It felt wet when I went to pick it up, and now I can't let go. Jesus Christ, Tommy. For Christ's sake, Angel, don't use my name. Angel relit the lighter, held it near, and peered at Thomas's hands. You really can't get loose? You're not shitting me? Thomas's big shoulders swelled and then swelled further. 
not without ripping the skin right off him. I mean it, man, I'm stuck. Even in the feeble light of the lighter, Thomas could see the blood draining from Angel's face. Holy shit, the older man said softly. Thomas thought as hard as he ever had in his life, an effort greater than the earlier physical effort of trying to free his hands from this technophile tar baby. The results were disappointing, but crystal clear. I'm screwed, ain't I? Ain't I, Angel? I'm completely screwed. I can't even change my mind and go home empty now, can I? What do you mean you can't, Angel? Think about it. How far is an Indian kid carrying a $2,000 sound system through Vancouver at 2 in the morning going to get? I can't pay a bus driver or a cabbie if I could get one to stop. Even if I make it to cover somehow, how long can I hide from the heat with this goddamn thing on my hands? I'm screwed, right? Angel grimaced. Well, so we do what you said. Bite the fucking bullet and rip the skin off your fingertips. It'll hurt, but not like a nickel will. Well, look, I know you told me leaving fingerprints don't matter as much as everybody thinks they does, but... Jesus, man, if I leave them the goddamn fingertips, they'll make me for sure. Angel shut his lighter down again. Kid, he said finally, you're right. You're totally fucked. It was irritating that Thomas had thought it through faster than he had. Then again, the kid probably had a lifetime of experience in reaching the conclusion that he was screwed. Jesus Christ, this pisses me off. It didn't piss Thomas off. He was too miserable and too confused. Son of a... Bitch, Angel said suddenly. He's here. The bastard is in the house right now. He's got to be. The kind of glue that bonds the skin don't stay wet very long. He saw us coming and he put Wonder Glue on the damn stereo. He figured out the first thing we'd touch and he booby-trapped it. I'm going to kill the son of a bitch. He took a gun from his pocket, far too angry to remember his own lecture on when and when not to cool a citizen, and started to leave the living room. Angel, wait, maybe he's got a piece. If he had a piece, he wouldn't be screwing around with glue, Angel said, and left the room. He found himself at once in a small foyer of sorts presented with three choices. Right oblique, an open doorway that led to a dark kitchen. Left oblique, a door, slightly ajar. Far left, a dark hallway that ran back parallel to the living room he'd just left, doubtless leading to bedroom and bathroom. The light by which he'd been seeing since he'd entered the building was coming from behind that partly closed door. That was where the sneaky bastard was in his goddamn den, probably trying to phone the police. Angel reached for the doorknob and paused. Tricky prick wasn't going to get Angel McKee to put his hand on any doorknob full of glue. No, sir. He laughed, butted the door open with his crotch, and entered the new room. He got a very brief look at his antagonist, barely time to register a tall, skinny geek with glasses, long hair, and a beard, then was distracted by a visual phenomenon much nearer and too transient to grasp. His feet exploded. He glanced down in shocked surprise. An extremely large, heavy book, a dictionary, had fallen from a perch on top of the door, passed right before his eyes, and landed spine downwards on both his feet. They hurt! As he was absorbing this news, he looked back up again and met a large, heavy cut-glass ashtray traveling in his direction at high speed. It impacted on the bridge of his nose and would have hurt terribly, but he just had time to register the hideous sensation of cigarette ashes in his eyes before consciousness tactfully left him. When it returned, his first sensation was utter disorientation, too many things to sort out. His whole face hurt, even more than his feet. The ashes still in his eyes were an intolerable annoyance. His neck ached from being in a bad position for a long time, and for some reason his feet felt unbelievably cold. But these were not the first things he noticed. He was outside, and it was broad daylight. He was sitting on the porch, barefoot, 
head on his knees. Out on the sidewalk, a small boy was regarding him with grave curiosity. Oh, shit, he croaked, sitting up straighter with considerable pain. You got that right, Thomas said mournfully. He whirled his head around, sending cut glass slivers through his stiff neck muscles. Thomas Two Bears was sitting beside him, his legs spread wide, for the personal entertainment center was still attached to his hands. Figuring all this out might well prove to be impossible, but short-term tactics, at least, were easy to decide. Let's book, he said. Go for it, Thomas suggested. He realized, in failing to get to his feet, that his soles were glued to the porch. Ah, shit! Thomas's voice had a dreamy, sing-song quality. You're so fucking smart. You figure out shit all the time with that big brain and explain it to me like I'm five years old. And now you got us both in this jackpot. Man, you're no smarter than me. You're just a fancier kind of stupid. Angel might actually have been willing to concede the point, but had more pressing things on his mind just then. Jesus Christ, kid, what the hell time is it? How long have we been sitting here like this, sitting fucking ducks? Hours, the Indian chanted. Hours, lots of hours. It's almost sundown again. Sundown the next day, and that bastard didn't call the cops. You're the genius. You figure it out. It's past me. Now it was Angel's turn to think harder than he ever had in his life. His temples swelled. Finally, they relaxed as his jaw sagged. Oh, no. Man, we're in trouble. You don't know the half of it, Tommy told him. I've had to take a shit for the last five hours. Oh, God, me too, Angel thought and swept the thought aside. Oh, my God, kid, he moaned. I think I know where I fucked up. He lives like a bum in a rich neighborhood. He wouldn't move if you give him a million dollars. He stays up all night long and he never goes out. You know what we did? Oh, Christ, it would have been safer to tease a wolverine. What'd we do, Angel? God help us, Thomas. We disturbed the writer while he was working. He frowned. Shit, he'll just leave us here till he's made his deadline. We could fucking starve. It could be weeks if he's a novelist. He might not even remember us by then. He turned away from his accomplice and faced the street. Hey, kid, run home and tell your mother to call the cops, would you? Please? We want to surrender. Distraction by Spider Robinson is available in the Bain Books collection, user-friendly. It is copyright 1998 by Spider Robinson, and all rights are reserved. This special reading for Starship Sofa is podcast under Creative Commons license, no derivatives, non-commercial, share alike. Thank you, Spider, for that. Yes, he's explained everything there. Copyright belongs to the man himself, Mr. Spider Robinson, so thank you for that. On to a few... Emails and posts on the forums about last week's story, Gwyneth Jones Lal Senorentula. Now, I think he's pronounced these or pronounced themselves Exankis. <laughs> Sorry, Exankis, is that's not how you pronounce your forum name. He says, she says, I don't think I understood what the deal with the twins was. Maybe I'm just dense. John B says, I found it strange and rather disturbing tale. I'm not sure how much I enjoyed it exactly, but it made me think a lot more than most stories. It suckers you into thinking that it's a science fiction story about cloning and genetic engineering, but in fact it turns out to be a fantasy or a fairy tale about desire and the strange way it can grow and disappear. Yes, I think, John, I, I got that. You know, it was one of those stories where it made us think... A lot more than any other stories, you know what I mean? It's one of the things where it 
it lingered with us more. I think that's the best way to kind of describe it. Gotan says, very short and sweet, not my cup of tea. Thank you, Gotan. Toby Dammer says, I think I agree with John B. The story definitely made me think. I know it's worth a second listen. And Julie Davis did a great reading. Thank you, Toby Dammer. You member on the forums there? Forgotten Promise. I agree, it was thought-provoking. That said, I did not enjoy anything about the story. T. Cagley says, For some reason, I'm always amazed when science fiction finds a way to surprise me. La Senora took reproduction and the ID on in one fell swoop. Were the twins a reflection of Mrs. Brown or were they their own people? Excellent. Fiasco says, I enjoyed it. I didn't understand it, but I enjoyed it. It was sinister, yet felt open-minded and liberal. And Matt Sanborn-Smith says, I'm confused, but that's okay. Having to understand something to enjoy it is part of the classic science fiction mindset. The story was well written, and I like the rolling it over in my mind and pondering the possibilities. And Matt also says, keep blurring those lines, Tony. I'd hate to miss out on good stories over niggling definitions. Exactly, sir. So that's just a few of the posts about Gwyneth Jones's story. If you haven't heard it, do take a listen. It's up there in the Oral Delight section. I think it's still called Sofa Audio at the minute. <laughs> it will get changed, I promise. Do find time to pop over the forums, sign up and say hello there. Do, if you more than kind, drop a donation and keep this old bird going in the air. We are doing rather well. We got, I mean, we're certainly not massive, but I think the Alistair Reynolds story gave has peaked in round about just over four and a half thousand listens. So that's doing all right. It's all right by me. Do join me next week. I would just like to say good night from me. Will our heroes survive this terrible ordeal? Can they win through with their integrity unscathed? Can they escape without completely compromising their honour and artistic judgement? Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.